Back in the day, I used to present a radio show on Yukon's Pugs Radio, and it was absolutely brilliant. Even though I'm not coming back to present the show for another series, what we thought we'd do is reissue all of the rip ticket shows that went out with me at the helm here on Talking Smith About Film, giving you lots of reviews that you've probably never heard before. Hang on one minute before we go anywhere on this episode, there is one very important extra detail that we have to mention. If you actually want to see, yes, see this episode in vision, head over to the Lee Jack Smith YouTube channel. During Series 1 of The Journal, we filmed this particular episode of Rip Ticket. And we have two versions of it. One with the little bit at the end, which we thought we'd lost the footage for, and one with the trailers in place as well. Right, little future interruption over. Let's get you back to Rip Ticket. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's Ripped Ticket Show here on Pulse Radio. My name is Jack Smith. It is an absolute delight to be with you once again for another week of Big Screen Entertainment. We're going to forego the usual opening song because it's the post-Oscar show and we've got a lot to get through today. We're going to begin with a film which we kind of talked about on our last show together. It was the UK number one. We'll give you a full box office update later on in today's show, but... I seen this film last week, of course, with me being busy with the, with the film production guys, more on that in a bit. Uh, we had to wait until today to review this film. But the big question is whether everything is still awesome. It's been quite a few years since the original Lego movie came out in cinemas, and of course, is, it, is the new one good? Well, the wait is finally over. This is the trailer for the Lego Movie 2, the second part, our first of two reviews this afternoon. Once, everything was awesome. Now, everything is bleak. Hey, Lucy. I brought you coffee. Coffee. The bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. Oh, my goshness. Did I interrupt you brooding just now? Times have changed. You need to change with them. We have to be tough and battle ready. Look, a shooting star, make a wish. <gasps> oh no. Run! Hurry, the door is slowly closing. Oh, the pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? Wait. That wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. Ah, something got in. I'm General Mayhem. Bring me your fiercest leader. Lucy! Emmett! This is all my fault. Hang on to your fronts, Planny. We're going to save Lucy. Don't you tell me to save Asteroids! You mind if I save your life? Not at all. Who are you? The name's Rex Danger Vest. Galaxy defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. <laughs> I don't get it. 
Will you help me rescue my friends? You don't want to go anywhere near the Sistar system. It's ruled by an alien queen. Only the toughest are going to get out of there alive. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm a queen, whatever I would not be. I'm getting super evil vibes here. I could change my form to something else if this makes you uncomfortable. Hey, guys. No, go back. The horse was much more palatable. I got a payphone and a playphone. I got to get it, baby. <laughs> no, it did not. A1, hit him with the A1 song. Since day one, not the A1 side. Lucy! Emmett, did you draw stubble dots on your face? What? No. <laughs> You. I'm your worst nightmare. You're me when I'm late to school and I forgot my homework and my pants are made of pudding? No, I don't. <laughs> so, to give you kind of a flavour of what the film's plot is like, it's set five years after the original Lego movie, after the events of what they call Taco Tuesday. If you've seen the first one, you'll understand the, the significance of that. It's been five years since everything was awesome. And the citizens are facing a big new threat. Lego Duplo Invaders. Yes, it does sound product placement-y, but unfortunately that is kind of part and parcel of what these Lego films have become over the last couple of years. These invaders from outer space, they wreck everything faster than they can rebuild. And along the way, Emmett and Lucy have to go on these personal development journeys. They've got to go... It's kind of like a dystopian future when we pick up with them. And that's kind of the embodiment of the clip that we've got. Uh, it's not a long clip, but it doesn't give that much away either. So, as you can tell, it's been a while since I've done a radio show. Here is a clip from the Lego Movie 2 second part. Not far into the film. Doesn't give much in terms of spoilers, because there is a lot of spoiler-based detail that I can't really go into. You'll understand why in a minute. Here's a clip. This is my vision of the future. Ta-da! A house? Come on, let me give you the tour. Very first one on the cul-de-sac. This is the living room, where you can live it up. <laughs> TV room, dining room, planties room, kitty cat room. And out back, a double-decker porch swing, so we can always hang together. What do you think? It's going to attract aliens and get destroyed. I just thought we could rebuild the future. Make everything awesome again. <sighs> Emmett, you gotta stop pretending everything is awesome. It isn't. Every morning you walk through town singing that terrible, annoying, manufactured pop song. <laughs> that song really seems to upset you. No, it doesn't. So I think you can guess why I picked that clip over all of the others now. In terms of the direction, it's a new director this time round. It's Mike Mitchell who's in charge of the film, and he was the man who helmed Trolls for DreamWorks a little over three years ago now. That became a box office success, and he feels like a natural man to take over the mantle from Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who, of course, they wrote the film. Now, obviously, when I, when I reviewed the film last week, I raised the question... The films have been generally good, bad, and downright ugly, sure. Gaga Batman was brilliant, Gaga Ninjago, not so much. This new film does feel, at times, like a return to form for the Lego franchise. It does have those unique comedy moments, and that is testament to the writing of Lord and Miller. It's paced pretty well. It's a one-hour, 47-minute film. So it will get the attention of the kids. I mean, it's been playing very strongly with that audience for the last two weeks. It was half-term here last week and it pulled in a good crowd it's a 1 hour 47 minute film 
and it's not painful to watch, which was my one concern about it. It was not painful to watch at all. It wasn't as painful as actually stepping on one of those bricks, and they actually do make a joke about that. It's written very well. It's very funny. I I enjoyed the humour in it. There is a lot of self-referential stuff, and I like my self-referential stuff, believe me. Uh, however, there are some elements of the plot that simply don't make sense whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I've, I have to cheat and use my notes today. Goes one hour forty seven minutes. We've got a very enjoyable. This is the signature humans back, but I am a little bit worried as to what they can do with the narrative going forward if they want to make a third film happen. And that was that was a lot of people's main worry about a film of this nature because there's only so much you can do with Lego. There's only so much you can do with Lego in a film. It feels like they've run run the horse into the ground now. It feels like they've they've done all they can do, and it's a shame because this film is. For families, it's so enjoyable. I mean, it's been debated, it's been, been enjoyable, but that's by the by. I, I really enjoy it, and that does bring me on to the, to the performance side of things. I know I'm kind of rushing through this review, but I want to spend a lot of time on the Oscars. This, oh, the music as well, Mark Lovesball. Um, very frequent collaborator with a lot of the talent on this film. He puts in another good good piece of work there are some songs that will literally get stuck in your head after you watch the film yeah there are those moments uh, but the, the general vibe of the film i got this is this is a worthy sequel but where this film does fall apart a little bit is in the cast because some of the characters we've got in this film i just can't really identify with sure you've got chris banks i don't know chris banks oh you can tell i've not done this Chris Pratt, there we go. Chris Pratt and Elizabeth Banks returning as Emmett and Wildstyle Lucy, respectively. You've got new cast members. and These new cast members are where I have the main issues of the film. You've got Tiffany Haddish as Princess Whatever I Want to Be. That's the best way I can pronounce it. You've got Maya Rudolph, who pops up... There's a few different characters. One one character in the live action sequence, the other in the animated sequences. Because I've been watching a lot of Big Mouth lately, I couldn't unsee her as a character in Big Mouth. I was sat there in the cinema thinking, oh my god, if really. Um, Richard Iwade has a brief cameo role, but the key point of contention that I have here is Chris Pratt plays two characters in this film. To say more about the second character would spoil a bit of the film. You heard a bit you heard a tiny bit of this new character in the trailer, but the way they execute one of the twists involving this new Chris Pratt character that's quite central to the film's plot is I was sat there watching it thinking, oh my god, this is this is just cliche paid by numbers filmmaking. This is not what I wanted a Lego movie to do. I wanted the, the same sort of humour, the same sort of style. It excels in a lot of those departments and don't get me wrong, you've got an okay cast and Will Arnett killing it as Batman again and also <laughs> just thinking about it, this makes me laugh Jason Momoa as cameoing as Aquaman I, that, that moment will live with me forever that sort of humour plays well with me but in terms of the overall film the Lego Movie 2 does fall short by a significant margin compared to the other films that have come out in that particular franchise so far and it's a real shame because they had something unique going in 2014 when the original one came out. I remember very vividly watching the first one in the cinema. 
and I was thinking, my God, this is this is how you make a new style animated film. And now they've just gone back to cliche after cliche after cliche after cliche. I wanted to enjoy this film more. I really did. I and I, I, I ended up get, giving it a four four star review for the blog, but that's not, of course, how we do things here on Rip Ticket. We because you can't really see star ratings on the radio. Uh, but I I don't think I can give this film any more than a uh, than a mid-tier worth a watch and that's a real 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 shame because this film it's animated well it's got a lot of good going for it but in terms of the overall execution of things and the general plot devices and a lot of the bait and switch devices going on. Sure, I'm I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm not the target audience. But in terms of the film theory side, I had a lot of issues with it. But I know it's played very strongly, not just with the with the core family demographic, but it has also played strongly with the kids, and that is the important thing for Warner. It has been the UK number one for two weeks in a row. Has it hold, held on for a third week? Well, I'm going to give you all the stats in a bit, but still, the Lego Movie Two. It goes without saying, not as awesome so it is 12 minutes past one here on the ripped ticket show let's get some music on and seeing as it is a little bit of a post oscar sort of thing and with the amount of film trailers that have come out over the last couple of weeks i think it's only fair seeing as a new rocket man trailer came out last week it's only fair that we have a little bit of elton and with Taron Edgerton playing him, I think this song's most appropriate. This is Elton John with I'm Still Standing here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio. We'll be back with Film News Rundown after this. Elton John with I'm Still Standing here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio. It is a quarter, quarter past one on this Friday, the 1st of March. It's quite a big deal for me because... I was going back through the archives because I've been listening back to a lot of the old shows um, as part of a wider thing I'm doing. This week, the post Oscar show, this is kind of my one year anniversary of involvement with this programme because I came on board originally as a co host for the post Oscar programme last year. So it's kind of surreal having it all come full circle and me being on this side of the desk rather on the other side of the desk. But that's irrelevant. What is relevant, though, is the fact that, yes, the Oscars did happen, and what is also a lot more relevant is that we kind of have to do a bit of a film news rundown for it. So, let's get the music on. There we are. I was honestly mixed about the Oscars this year. There were some highlights, there were some lowlights. I was genuinely shocked about Green Book winning Best Picture this year. And if you listen to the review a few weeks back, you'll understand the sort of issues that I had with it. Sure, in terms of the filmmaking quality, it had it, but what it was trying to do and what it was trying to execute in terms of the, the, the actual narrative, that's where the film could have built upon. I would have, personally, I would have liked to have seen Roma or The Favourite win the awards that it did. And sure, Roma did win quite a few. The Favourite took home the Performance Award for Olivia Coleman. That speech, if you've not already seen it, that is one of the best speeches known to man. I was sat there grinning on Monday morning watching that back. But it just went very much as predicted. And it's it's a shame because this award season's been one of the most banter-ridden 
seasons yet. There were, there were shocks. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't expecting that to do as well as it did, winning four awards on the night. It was a good film that won the most. Um, there was also Spike Lee winning his first Oscar in competition for the Black Clansman screenplay. That moment, again, was class. But there weren't, that re- there weren't really that many true out-of-the-blue moments, and that's what the Oscars are really meant to be about, really. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I, I, I thought. As for the, the main other bits of film news, Martin Scorsese has revealed the first trailer for his new film, The Irishman. It's going to be coming on to Netflix, and it will be released in cinema simultaneously in the autumn. It is quite a big deal, considering that he's got a lot of his old collaborators back in, and that's, that is going to be a film that all of us are going to binge when it when it comes out. There have also been a lot of new trailers. Uh, we've had trailers for Det- Detective Pikachu, X-Men Dark Phoenix. You can tell we are nearing the big release of Captain Marvel, because all the big film companies putting out their trailers now, getting their... They're putting the pie ready for what is going to be a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. And we'll be reviewing Captain Marvel on our show in two weeks' time. Not next week, but the week after, just the way it works. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all the major film news that we... Obviously, the main talk has been about the Oscars. I'm just sad award season is over for another year, because there has been a lot going on. And with the amount of films that have been out, I'm just surprised that we've been able to get to as many of them as we have. So we'll be getting some more film news stuff later on in the show when I talk about the whole UCLan film production project I've been working on uh, over the last four months or so, actually. But now we're going to do something a little bit special. Uh... As some of you will know, there was a mystery film night last Monday at a certain cinema chain. And they did something quite bold, bold and they gave us the, the ability to watch a little independent film a full two months ahead of release. And you'll understand why we're going to feature this now when, when I tell you a bit more about it. it to give you a flavour of what this film is, it's an independent Scottish film made in Glasgow. It's got a lot of independent artist to it. It's got the BAFTA Rising Star nominee Jesse Buckley in it. It's also got Julie Walters in it. This is a film that I didn't think I'd go into knowing as little as I did. But considering the, the sort of themes of this film and knowing that Star is Born won Best Original Song on Sunday Night, I think it's kind of apt that I get to feature a film like this now. This is a trailer. Well, this is the trailer. For a film called Wild Rose, it's not out in the UK until April 12th, but we are going to review it now, because why not? I bet you're going to miss me. Keep <laughs> You're going to be the next Dolly Parton! Your Lordship, Miss Harlan has put her childish ways behind her. <laughs> her children are living with her once again. They miss me. She is a promising young country singer. I'm trying to get to Nashville. Well, you better mind your tab doesn't go off when you're going through security. She now works full time as a daily woman. Hey! I'm trying to be a country singer. Nobody wants to see a convicted criminal up there. Johnny Cash is a convicted criminal, you ball bag. 
country music. There's three chords in the truth. Just get to whoever's in there out. I should have been born in America. I'm an American. You're young. You're incredibly talented. There is nothing you can't do. Just thinking about your kids, you cast them off when they get a better offer. This is me trying to make something of myself, and surely that's a good thing for them. No letting them down. That would be a good thing for them. Had to There's so, so much I can't undo. I want you just to take responsibility. I never meant to take away your hope. If you've got a voice, you've got something to say. When you put your mind to something, you can do anything. So, Wild Rose is a very unique take on the whole struggling musician trying to make it big in the industry kind of thing. It's not your conventional film in that regard. It's set in Glasgow. It follows a girl called Rosalind, uh, Rosalind Harlan, uh, played by Jessie Buckley. She tries to get back on track with her life. She's had a, a problematic youth. She's just come out of jail after drug smuggling. And she's got this passion for country, not country and western. She's got this passion for that sort of music. And she wants to go to Nashville and write thousands of other people before her. Try and make a name for herself because she's got this passion. She's got this very powerful voice, which you've heard in the trailer. Um, and she wants to try and pursue her dream, a bit like Ali in, in The Star is Born. Obviously, this is a more Glaswegian take on it. And... There is a lot to be said about this film. This is one of the things that's given me the most joy about going to these mystery film nights for the last year. Some of the choices they've made, you go in not knowing what the film's going to be. And this film premiered at Toronto in September. It's been very much under the radar until they did do this preview showing. Having now seen it, I can understand why the powers that be at that certain cinema chain picked this film. Now, usually we'd have a clip, but as this film isn't out until April, we don't have access to a clip, unfortunately. So we're just going to get straight in with the review. It's a guy called Tom Harper who's in charge of this one. He directs the BBC's 2016 version of War and Peace, as well as doing the poorly received ver- follow-up to the Woman in Black film in 2014. The less said about that, the better. And he does a pretty solid job at directing this film. Comes in at a nice 1 hour 40, and through this 1 hour 40, there's enough character development to satisfy a a, a lot of audiences. This This is a film that's written incredibly well. Working to the script from Nicole Taylor, yeah, it has its issues, especially towards the final act, when you realise, oh, so it's going to be going down that route. It's not your conventional... Rags to Riches ending. Obviously, again, I don't want to spoil too much because this film's not out until April 12th, but it's been shown to public. It's a long story. But this film, in terms of the pure enjoyment and spectacle, it it it, it works all right. And the, the main reason why is the music from Jack Arnold. This is a film that's not really geared towards diehard country and western fans. It's done in a way that... The audiences who are seeing this film on a whim can actually go in and understand a lot more than, than, than they would and that's kind of testament to the performances too 
There is arguably one key performance that I need to talk about. That is the work of Jessie Buckley. She was quite rightly nominated for this year's BAFTA Rising Star Award for her work on films like Beast and, and this film as well. This performance from one of the industry's brightest new talents, it kind of cements her status as someone who will be watching for a very long time indeed, and someone who can turn who can turn in some incredible work, not just as a character actress, but also in terms of the actual abilities of of her, of her talent. Because she actually sings all of the songs, and they just the way they constructed this film is I, I could I could talk about this one for hours if I wanted to, but I only have. 34 minutes or so left. Working alongside her is Julie Walters, who is who is her grandmother. And Julie Walters in any film, for me, is a big win. She can put, she will only do a, a film if the script is good, and that tells you everything about the sort of film we're talking here. This to, to attract a, a titan like, like Julie Walters is quite quite a big deal. And creating a supporting cast, you've got Sophie Okinedo, um, Craig Parkinson. You've got a brief cameo from uh, from, a, from another radio station's uh, DJ, Whispering Bob Harris, who presents a country show. Uh, again, adding to the accuracy, it's a very realistic, it's a very down to earth portrayal of, of someone who's trying to find their feet in the world through through the art of country music, and that's honestly where. The homegrown side of things comes in. This film was made on a pretty tight budget. This is a Scottish film. It's not going to get that big of a release. It's probably not going to be shown here in Preston again. I can I can say that much. It'll be overlooked by the film buying departments at mainstream cinemas. But if you've got independent sites near you, then, then go for it when it's out. Because this is a film that you will not only enjoy. It's a film you'll not only get a lot out of. But in terms of... The themes and the messages and values. There's a lot going for it, and it's a film I could easily go back and watch again if I wanted to. This is an alternative take on the whole Star is Born thing. And yes, everyone and their mother has seen a Star is Born. I, I've seen a Star is Born a few times now. But this film, I feel, does it better. Because it's not your typical story. It just... It doesn't distort the truth there are moments when she eventually hits Nashville but sure they feel like they were lifted straight out of a classic Hollywood film but the way that the writers are able to twist these conventions of the genre makes it feel fresh unique something I've not seen before and the turnout was brilliant even though six people walked out but that's the less said about that the better Wild Rose is a film that will garner an audience when it's out officially in April. And sure, it, it might, not, might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I have to say, when this film is out, and even if you can see it at one of the preview shows that have been going on, go out and see this film. Because this is a very strong piece of filmmaking that, that could very well be overlooked in six, seven months from now as we begin doing the end-of-year wrap-up and all the awards side of things. And, yeah, so Wild Rose is a film that will arguably gain traction when it's out in April. The fact that I got to see it early and the fact that I got to see it with a good audience as well who responded incredibly. I was sat there on last Monday night in Screen 6 at that cinema 
watching it thinking, yes, I'm going to have a lot of fun reviewing this show, this film on the radio, and lo and behold, that is the case. So, it is half past one here on the Ripped Ticket Show. We're going to get some more music on. And actually, that does remind me a little bit. TV movie of the week. Now, I was talking about the Bond films with my very good friend Ed Greenberg last week with the film on the way to, to the, the Haunting. And we were listening to a, a lot of the classic Bond themes on our way there. And it just so happens that You Only Live Twice is on this Sunday at ten past two. It's, a, it's You've been craving some classic Bond action. ITV have got you pretty much covered this weekend. And it also gives me an excuse to play the title track as well, because these are the moments I live for doing a show. So, let's have a little bit of Nancy Sinatra. Yes, on a very contemporary uh, station, we're playing something from the 60s, but this is the Rip Ticket Show, this is all about films, so we've got to pay tribute, we've got to go back to the past to honour the future. This is You Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra on Pulse Radio. to spend a Friday, is it? You Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio. That is, of course, the title track for our TV movie of the week. Sunday, ten past two on ITV1. If you want some classic Bond action, you know where to go. And fun, I was reading, when I was researching this song for the show, they had to do, like, 25 different takes for Nancy Sinatra, and then John Barry, like, literally chopped it down and used the best bits to create the finished product, and... To do that on the technology of the 1960s, that, that is a big feat. I'm quite a bit of a nerd for details like that within films, so the fact that I know that's pretty cool. Anyway, speaking of nerdy details, it is, of course, now time to talk about what is hot and what is not. It is time, finally, to do the UK box office top ten. There has been a lot of development since we were off the air, so hit the music. <laughs> So at 10 is Bohemian Rhapsody. It's hung around for quite a long time. It's 53 million it's made. One of, I think, four films have made 50 million at the UK box office, which is very impressive. At 9 is a Bollywood film, Total Demal. I've not heard too much about it. I don't think it was press screened for, for the proper big boy critics. It's, uh, it's made the top 10, though, so they'll be happy about that. At 8... Brand new entry, On the Basis of Sex. Felicity Jones' brand new film about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm going to be seeing it at some point soon. I know the review's been quite mixed and polarised about it, especially with some of the things it's trying to depict. So yes, at seven is your best picture winner, Green Book. It's probably going to have a bit of a bit more traction this week now that it's won what it has. It's had four weeks in the top ten, so this week will be happy. At six, brand new entry, missing out on the top five, even with the controversy, is Liam Neeson's brand new film called Pursuit. The reviews have been spectacular for it. I'm going to try and get to it at some point. Whether that'll happen, we will see. At five is The Kid Who Would Be King. Again, very mixed reviews there. Uh, Same with number four, Elita Battle Angel. Those two films have 
been out for roughly the same time and have had consistent audience throughput, so distributors will be happy, and yeah, that's the best I can say. At three is how to train your dragon in the hidden world. After four weeks, it's still doing very well. And at two is instant family, which means that there has been not much change at the top for a third week in a row. And with £14 million to its name, the Lego movie is still your UK box office number one. It's done incredibly well. Although, let's be honest, that's going to change next Thursday when Captain Marvel comes out because that is set to be one of the biggest films of the year. And obviously, we've got Avengers to look forward to as well. So in terms of the raw box office revenue... We're only just getting started this year, and I'm particularly excited to sort of see how the rest of the year pans out in, in that regard. So, we've got all the reviews out of the way. We've got the Oscars out of the way. Now I get to talk about the big project I've been working on for the last couple of weeks. A lot of us critics have been mocked over the years for not having much experience in terms of how a film actually goes from production to the big screen. And... In October, I began working with some very capable film production students as they attempted to get their version of The Haunting of Hill House made on a budget of £5,000. Now, of course, these students are based here at the university, so I've got to be very careful about what I say. But for the last four months, I've been, I've been sort of shadowing them. So what have I learned from coming out and watching the production of the film. Well, pre-production wise, there's a lot of paperwork. There is so much paperwork. There is a lot that goes into a film well before you're even ready to shoot. You've got to think about your shot list. You've got to think about your, your location. You've got to think about how much you're going to make this film for. Most importantly, you've got to work to a script that you might not have actually had much input over. And in these guys' case, they were given uh, a spec script to rewrite, make their own, adapt it and sort of turn it into something that is truly northern, truly theirs. Obviously, location-wise, they were quite limited. And watching them debate this in the media factory over the last four months or so, as they've built up to shooting this film, has been a real eye-opener. Every last detail has had to be thought about, from costumes to makeup design to dolls' houses to a lot of things. I've profiled a lot of it for the blog. But the main point being, I was actually on set with these guys last Friday, which is why there was no RIP ticket show. And to actually go out on a film set and sort of see directors at work, I've been chatting with the directors at this film very well. I know Shayla, Jack and Caitlin. I was chatting with them last night on a group chat. They might be listening now. They might not be. They're probably not. Uh, but they, they took a very poor script, adapted it into a, like a 67-page thing and turned it into something that's looking really good. I've seen 13 minutes of footage and considering these are student filmmakers who are in their second year of, of a degree, I, I'm, I'm honestly very excited about the future of the film industry going forward because young talents like this are the reason why this industry is able to adapt and survive. 
Also, I'm trying to think of some other details that I can sort of divulge on the air without having to resort to playing 20 minute talkative songs. Um, get, what they're trying to do is make this film work on a big screen, and they attracted a, a very good cast. They took over Boric Hall in Cardiff for eight days last week to shoot the film. And I was chatting with some of the cast members about networking. This project has arguably been something that will open the eyes of people to exactly how a film goes from from script to screen. This is something that I my opinions on film have really changed over the last couple of months so as I've worked with these guys and casting I didn't have I didn't witness the the whole casting stuff because I didn't want too much involvement there. But they attracted a, a, a solid cast. And as I sit here in the studio, I'm, I have a blog post that's going to be going out in a couple of days' time. I've got to have it all legaled, unfortunately. But I was pleasantly surprised about how much thought and how much effort goes into making a two-hour feature film of this calibre, especially if you're doing it for five grand, if you don't have that long to shoot it. This is... Honestly, I, this, this, this show, this whole saga has been something that I have cherished, especially because of how much I've learned. And having a, an insight into it, the fact that it took him like three minutes, they have to move the cameras and their lighting in less than three minutes in order to capitalise on the shoot, it makes you realise that film is a lot, film and cinema is a lot more than just the end product you see on the big screen. Uh, it's my belief that it, having an understanding of the production context of a film actually benefits your under, have, benefits your overall enjoyment of it. Sure, you don't want to be going into an independent film thinking, "Oh, it's 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 awful" because it wasn't it, it didn't cost that much. But knowing the background, it makes you realise that there's a lot more to life than just Hollywood. There's a lot more life to just the, the films that your local multiplex cinema shows. And having witnessed production firsthand, I can honestly say how difficult it is to get a film made and financed. Because that's why a lot of films go into development hell. I'm, I'm kind of ranting about this now, I should have put Sarabande on, but I, I've learned so much from this project. Having, from black magic cinema cameras to 4K to surround sound and actually chilling in a green room as well. That was a, a nice little touch. There was a lot going on on set last week. I'm going to hopefully get the directors into the show in a few weeks' time. That would be pretty cool, so we can talk about this all properly. But long story short, while I was off the air last week, I had my eyes opened into a whole new world of sort of production skills and how a film is made. And If it wasn't for these students, I wouldn't have been, probably wouldn't have enjoyed Wild Rose as much as I did. Uh, but this has honestly been shadowing these, these guys and watching them get this film made has been a professional career highlight for me and I do not say that lightly so long story short film production students are brilliant they know how to make a film and they also know how to run a very happy set with very happy cast and very happy crew these these guys are a race, and obviously I can't, I can't really plug them too much because because we got to I've got to be impartial. I'm reviewing this film at the end of the pro, at the end of it all once it's edited and ready. Uh, but I 
I really did have my eyes opened last week while I was at Boric and I, w- I was originally going to do fun fact listeners I was originally going to do a video version of TV Movie of the Week for you all from Boric all last week but it was that mental on set it was, it was just crazy so seven minutes to go before we play our final song I think I'll give you all a flavour of what to expect from Rip Ticket over this incredible month of March as we've got so much so many films coming in next week on Rip Ticket we will definitely be reviewing Fighting With My Family which is a brand new film that The Rock has made about a WWE wrestler who's from Norwich based on a Channel 4 documentary the same name the review I've seen a lot of good things about it it was it was even another little hot and fresh sign facts for you listeners it was either watching Wild Rose or Fighting With My Family I went for Wild Rose because I knew I'd be watching Fight My Family for for next week's show anyway. But we'll be reviewing we'll definitely be reviewing reviewing that next week. We will also have a couple of other films. I'm not sure what they'll be at this moment in time, so you'll have to go to the Facebook and Twitter pages to find out. They are of course Facebook.com forward slash ripped ticket show, twitter.com forward slash ripped underscore ticket. And that's where you'll be able to get all of the, the important information about the programme and what's coming up and all that sort of thing. So we'll be, we'll be doing Fight Some Other Family and a couple of other films next week. And then the week after that, which I believe will be the week of March the 15th. Yeah, March 15th. Uh, we will be reviewing Captain Marvel because... It is going to be the big film of next week. It will be the UK box office number one without question. I know a lot of cinemas have got their midnight showings on sale already. I know some places have sold out already. And it even got to the point where where some film review sites have had to shut their rating system down because that many people have been saturating their reviews and they haven't even seen the film yet. So there's going to be a lot... Of content coming up in the next couple of weeks on the Rip Ticket Show. There might be some weeks when there won't be any show because I've, I'm in the process of writing a dissertation at the minute and that's taken priority. It's nearly finished, but uh, it, there will be some weeks where I'll be that busy I won't be able to actually come in and present a, uh, a good Rip Ticket Show or make a bad Rip Ticket Show. But then again, we talk about film for an hour, that's what we do. Right, so, let's start wrapping this this show up for the afternoon. Let's get some Chris Cornell on, and maybe a couple of other things afterwards. For now, my name's been Jack Smith, you have been listening to The Rip Ticket Show. We're going we're gonna to play some music to take you through to two o'clock, because I can't think of anything else to talk about. We will see you next week, and most importantly, we will see you at the movies. <laughs> That's just about it for this particular episode of the Rip Ticket Show. Join us next week for another visit into the archives. But until then, my name's been Jack Smith. This has been a little bonus episode of Talking Smith About Film. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies. (laughs) 